The KZRG Morning News Watch, a service of SNH Farm Supply with locations in Joplin and Lockwood. This is the KZRG Morning News Watch. KZRG! It's the KZRG Morning News Watch. We are going to be discussing uh, the return of school and what that means to parents and students in Joplin. It's a special uh, broadcast. Right here, and joining me right now is Dr. Melinda Moss. She is the Grand Poobah Superintendent of the Joplin City Schools. Has to be the world's most thankless job at this moment. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for letting me be on your show. Well, it's great having you here. I think there's a real big concern, obviously, is people are concerned about, uh, number one, they can't wait to have the kids out of the house, but they, they also want to make sure the kiddos are safe and doing that. And I know the school district has been going through. So school's been pushed back. It's going to start on August 24th. Yes, we will begin school on August 24th with our students. And so it's, uh, is that as school kicks in, will all the students show up on day one or, you know, because I know some will be staying at home. That's a good question. So for our pre-K through eighth grade, yes, every one of them will come and we're hoping to maintain a five days a week in-person offering for our our younger students. But at our high school, we will institute what we're calling AB days. So group A will come on Monday, group B on Tuesday, group A on Wednesday, group B on Thursday. And so it's a rotating every other day uh, with a split of our high school students because the realities of Joplin High School is we're one of the largest high schools in the state of Missouri. And with 2,300 students and then you look at about 400 faculty and staff that's a lot of bodies in one campus so to balance just as you said the instructional and other needs of our students with the safety needs and the realities of social distancing and all the things that we're trying to implement uh, it was the only viable solution that we could come to it's dr melinda moss and she's the superintendent of schools for joplin uh, City Schools, News Talk KZRG is a special broadcast where we're just going to be going through talking about some of the realities that are going to be going through. And obviously, I, I want to start off with this because I think this has one of the greatest fears. Of course, there are our teachers and people who work for uh, who work in support of our education system, the janitorial, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's uh, what are their concerns and how are we addressing that? Well, I think the concerns run the gamut. I mean, we have got a lot of teachers that say, I'm ready. I've been without my kids for too long. I don't care about COVID. Let's just get back at it. And then you have others that maybe they have autoimmune disorders. Sure. They are taking care of an elderly parent or there are, you know, numerous factors that could make them have a growing concern of mixing with that many individuals and students in their classrooms where even though we have put a lot of personal protective layers in and mitigating things to try to make it safer. It's still worrisome um, because we know it will increase exposure. I I look at the idea here is that uh, is that you know the teacher obviously teachers want to be back in the classroom. It's uh, most of them are just revved up, ready to go. They want to be with the kiddos. They want to go through that. 
And but but I also look at the idea of you know, especially with the younger kids, God bless them. They touch everything. And, uh, it, it's just, it just is, you, sure. it's, it's just the nature of the business. Just the, it's just the way the little, especially the younger you go, mm-hmm. the more they'll touch everything. Right. And, uh, and the whole passing on of, you know, of diseases. Cause uh, you know, the little kids are a little disease cultures. God bless them. And, uh, and you know, but I, again, the whole type of, of safety, the one thing I have, I want to say, and I want to thank our teachers for being about this. A number of states uh, throughout the country, teachers have been openly hostile about the idea of going back to class. That's not the truth here. No, that is not the case in Joplin schools, though. There's a level of concern, but our our teachers uh, realize, as we do, that um, our job is student learning. And without supporting our students, we don't exist. So um, I'm thankful for our teachers. I'm thankful for the spirit in which they're approaching this. And they've been an integral part in trying to help us come up with layers of protection. You know, we have masking protocols. We have times when students will be wearing masks and when they won't be wearing masks because that's the advice we're getting from the American Pediatrics Association and such. We have a lot of extra disinfecting and uh, sanitation going on. Uh, we're doing things to keep classrooms in cohorts so that we don't have the big assembly times. Uh, we're eating, even grabbing and going our breakfast to the classroom. We're taking temps in the morning. I mean, I could go on and on well, uh, uh, about the safety protocols we're yeah, putting in place. Well, you know, and, let, and let's talk about the disinfecting of the class. Dr. Melinda Moss, News Talk KZRG, our special uh, get back to school, what you need to know type of thing. Is that, uh, is that who is, dis- do you have a trained janitorial staff or do you have teachers who've gone through training on how to clean, how to disinfect a classroom? We have both. Uh, I know that Dave Pettit, who is our uh, director of facilities maintenance, he's worked heavily with his custodial staff and we've bought special disinfectants that are proven to kill the COVID virus. And so they have all been trained and uh, have a rotation of areas that they're cleaning and high touch surfaces periodically throughout the day as well as in the evening. And then also our teachers are getting a certain amount of spray disinfectant and special microfiber cloths. And they will be spraying desks and, and they know the time they have to wait before they wipe that off. And we're even getting students involved in the disinfecting. So we're, we're training our custodial, but also our teachers and even our students to be part of that process. Yeah, I read a, a story about uh, how Pittsburgh, Kansas has at least, uh, it looks like they're going to be doing their classrooms. And I want to know if this could be similar in Joplin. Uh, is that uh, if when the kid is at home, when it's at, at the home day, is it the same teacher or do they get a special online teacher? Uh, that will be the same teacher because there's a there's a big difference between true virtual online learning, which is 100% of the time, and you're doing that usually through a curriculum such as we are with Edgenuity for our upper grades and Acellus for our lower grades. And, and parents have that option. They can sign their children up. They're still Joplin Eagles, but they're virtual students. And then with the AB split, so now we're talking about high school. Yes. Um, with that, it's more like a remote learning time. So that same teacher, while they're teaching that half of the classroom, there's options that our students will have to zoom in watch that lesson the teachers are preparing videos that if they don't have internet access then perhaps they can download those videos onto their chromebook 
take it home, still watch it, still download their assignments through Canvas, and still be able to do the coursework on their off day. So essentially, it may be an off day for in-person, but learning is still continuing. Okay, it's because uh, I think a lot of people have had that question, just saying, okay, my kid is at home, it's the off day at Joplin High, mm -hmm. and how do I, you know, how, you know, how will my child remain engaged right you know because is the teacher will automatically want to pay attention to the 15 students in the classroom sure. and it's going to be an obvious temptation of you know for them to do so and it, it makes all the sense of the world somebody's in front of you going on from there what type of training do we do with our teachers to make sure they understand okay here's what you have to do to make sure these people remain engaged that is a great question because that is part of the numerous rationales we use to move that that date of start back to august 24th because we realize it's taken so long to develop and get our reentry plan approved that now we have to turn our attention to the professional development of our teachers spring shutdown provided us some in service with our teachers and a lot of them worked very hard during that time to start getting savvy with things yes. like we're talking about so we've had some practice but the fall's going to look quite different and when i talk about canvas and google classroom and zoom meetings and things such as that uh we have professional development days a full week before school starts devoted to those kinds of things with our teachers and not just our high school teachers but also our elementary and middle school teachers, because we know when a positive case occurs, there's going to be periods of quarantine for separate groups of students and even perhaps teachers. And that's probably going to roll through throughout the year. And so when those students have to be home for a quarantine, we still want them engaged and we're still trying to figure out ways to have them involved in remote learning as well. It's Dr. Melinda Moss. This is a special uh, a broadcast this morning right here on News Talk KZRG. As we're going through and trying to get all the uh, information on your kids returning to school right here on uh, FM 102.9, 105.9 AM, uh, 1310 News Talk KZRG. Everything you need to get your morning started. This is the KZRG Morning News Watch. News Talk KZRG. Depend on it. KZRG. It's a special KZRG Morning News Watch as we're weighing in what gets kids back to school, what to expect for parents as their uh, youngsters get back to learning and going from that. And joining us from the Joplin School District Superintendent, uh, Dr. Melinda Moss. And I, uh, my main concern, I think, that a lot of people have this is that what happens if a kid gets sick or a teacher gets sick? Right. Well, we've worked closely with our uh, Joplin Health Department in talking about what is a contact trace and uh, who constitutes a direct contact when there is a positive case. And we had a little practice with that over summer school because during our month long of summer school in June, we did have two students that tested positive, And so we got to practice that a bit. And we learned a lot. So essentially, no matter what the classroom or the area is, we are instituting seating charts. And we're going to be very strict about our seating charts. So I can only sit, my my uh, my youngster can only sit in one chair and cannot move over to sit next to the cute girl he's trying to pick up. Exactly. And uh, at the <laughs> secondary level, we're even going to go so far as to make sure those are alphabetical because we know that students change classes several times a day 
So the hope is that we can keep these cohorts together as much as possible so that when there is a positive and we look at the what they're calling six feet within yes. within six feet and for more than 15 consecutive minutes, that is the definition of a direct contact. So because of our classroom size, there's no way to 100% social distance every classroom all the time. But at least if we can keep those cohort or table groups together, if you will, then we're going to know, okay, Johnny was a positive, and this is going to result in these five or six in a, sort of a ring around the students. So you don't have to close the whole class or close the whole building because we can be confident of who they were within six feet for those 15 minutes. And so then... Um, the health department works with the school. The health department actually contacts the families, and then they go through their process for what they call a quarantine. So it's uh, so again, we we go in. They figure out who has to be in quarantine, all that sort of stuff. If somebody comes out being COVID nineteen positive, um, it's uh, it uh, uh, we look at uh, uh, you know. I guess one of the big examples. Uh, is you had a relatively close group of people with the Miami Marlins uh, baseball team that all of a sudden, you know, 15 people are COVID-19 positive seemingly overnight. And I think that's the fear that most people have uh, uh, of going through. So it's uh, when, you know, our parents being given... Uh, even though we've had so much awareness and all this sort of stuff, all of a sudden you begin to see a certain type of symptoms with your youngster. Do they know this? Do they see this? Yes, and we're actually putting out publications concerning that to our parents. Uh, if you go to our website now, you'll see our Joplin reentry plan, which was approved by our board just last night. And uh, so if you go there, you can read about 30 pages worth of that type of information and then we are going to be asking our parents please self-screen your children at home each day before they come to Joplin schools and then uh, once they get to us they're in their first period class we have bought a lot of infrared thermometers we will be screening students and but temperature is not it's nearly not the only, the only thing, symptom yeah. So, uh, you know, are you looking at, do they have a dry cough, sore throat, diarrhea is starting to become more and more known as a, as a symptom, especially in young children. So there's, there's a whole list of those symptoms and, and we have some publications that outlines that. You know, I, I look at the entire process here is that, uh, you know, again, trying to get our kids learning uninterruptedly as much as we can. Right. You know, and not interrupting uh, the process and, you know, and going through, um, you know, the folks that are going to be doing the online learning well, on their day off on this on that type of thing. Or some parents who may just opt for that their kid do nothing but online learning. Yes. Um, how are we going to be able to hold the, the kiddos as accountable as they need to be? Well, we'll still be taking grades on that schoolwork, just like we would whether they were in seat on that day or not. Uh, and that is something that our State Department of Education has required. And, there, you know, this spring when it was an emergency shutdown, 
we were in crisis mode and people were learning and so it was almost yes. a, it was almost a hold harmless situation from the end of third quarter on this is different this is we're taking grades students are accumulating credits toward graduation and they're the same uh, applications of A, B, C, D, F uh, will be in place. And so ultimately, uh, pass rates and those grades are the same. We can also monitor with our virtual students, are they progressing in that course? And so we have uh, staff that are dedicated just to monitoring that online learning. And if they see that a virtual student is not making adequate progress, then they call the home and they uh, definitely discuss that with them because what high school freshmen need to realize the minute you walk through that door, every course you're taking is counting towards your diploma or not. Yes. And uh, we want to be sure that they're not falling behind. It's uh, Dr. Melinda Moss's News Talk KZRG is our special education look and presentation the the prospect also about sickness and how we treat illness mm-hmm. uh, as a society i know back in my day back in the olden days i uh, you know if all of a sudden oh i don't feel well you know the first question out of my dad or my mom was do you have a test or something today i uh, it's uh is is going through and you know, we can have things written out. We can have a number of different things. But, uh, you know, parents who have uh, who are on the ball, uh, it's which most are, it's they know that, uh, you know, they may have a, a, a test some kid is trying to get out of and uh, and trying to find ways not to go to school. And, you know, it's uh, how do you account for that? Well, I think we've got to be discerning. And we have to trust our parents to a certain extent to be able to determine that before they decide to put their child on the school bus or bring them to school. Uh, but in terms of attendance, that's something that we battle every year. And we are historically calling and trying to get those kids into school. And we have all kinds of intent, attendance incentives and perfect attendance awards. And, and the guidance that we're receiving, at least for this year, is don't incentivize everybody to come to school even if they're sick and uh if there's a doubt that the student is sick we're going to err on the side of caution this year because our whole intent is let's keep our schools open and not have to close down again so uh some of that uh, we've kind of admired and and uh, appreciated people that drag into work sick and they're working through it and aren't they strong and they've got a great work ethic and we're (laughs) coughing and hacking and sore throating and and we're still coming to work and that's always been applauded but not now uh this is one of those times where if you're not feeling well stay home no that's exactly correct and i I think that's one of the things that we as uh i you know as people in the community whether you be in the schools or you being at going to a workplace or going to the grocery store Yes. You have to weigh out, uh, you know, if you feel terrible, uh, you know, is there someone you can call right? Uh, to go out and help this and to do all this sort of thing? Uh, I think the other thing, we'll get to this uh, in a few minutes uh, because we're just up to the break time. But I, I want to sort of uh, give a tease, a radio infotainment tease. Um, we have, um, when everything is said and done, or high school sports, especially high school football, is a big 
deal in Joplin, Missouri. It's a big deal in Whip City. It's a big deal in, in our community. And obviously, uh, there are a lot of kids. They're a, a senior year, a senior in high school. This is their last shot at football glory. And uh, yeah, that's uh, so we'll get to that in a second. Uh, following the news right here on News Talk KZRG. The KZRG Morning News Watch, a service of SNH Farm Supply with locations in Joplin and Lockwood. This is the KZRG Morning News Watch. KZRG. It's the KZRG Morning News Watch. It is a special a broadcast. We're going to talk about returning the kiddos to school. Dr. Melinda Moss, kind enough to be here as we discuss getting the kids back to school. Um, Dr. Moss, let's talk about football. And high school football is, you know, you drive around Joplin or you drive through Web City or any of our communities here. It's kind of a lifeblood of the fall for our communities. Well, and it's a it's Joplin and, and football in general. It's, that always creates a lot of interest. And with the success that we had this past fall and going all the way to the state championship, um, and we saw how it brought our community together. And we saw the school spirit that uh, grew within our town uh, with our football season. So it is important. It's important to our kids well, and it, parents it, yeah. and our community in general. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I can certainly remember back when I played sports in high school, it was some of the most fun experiences I can remember were playing sports, and I was on terrible teams. Uh, the process here, though, is that uh, we're now dealing with, you know, full contact sports and keeping the kids safe. What is high school football season going to look like this year? Well, so far, the Missouri State High School Activities Association has said that uh, we can have football in our other sports and our MISHA activities. Uh, so we've talked uh, with our own coaches and, and teams, and they are trying to implement more distancing. You're not going to see the big huddles that uh, we've seen in other years uh, when we travel. Uh, the students that uh, typically are on the sidelines and they're to support their team, but they may not play that evening, they're probably not always going to travel. We're going to cut down on, on those groups. Add buses. Uh, add buses, wear masks, you know, all those kinds of things. I know they've been doing conditioning and practicing uh, already this season, and the weight room looks quite different, and the way they spot looks yes. quite different and so uh those things have been put in place and we're uh meeting with our local health departments now to figure out what the web city joplin football game is going to look like this fall because, and what and what about the crowd uh, right you know it's uh it, my guess is that you know we're looking at uh the nba major league baseball uh nascar just started to allow some fans in mm -hmm. they're talking about the nfl uh, some of those teams are saying we're not going to allow fans in um, how many people will be allowed to attend a high school football game? Well, we don't know that yet. And I, I know that our health department and city council and different ones are looking at that because we have different ordinances in place and things that we need to satisfy. So I wish I could answer that for you today, but I don't know what that's going to look like for our spectators. Jung uh, Stadium is pretty large. Uh, but we how many know, people are sitting there? Oh my goodness, I can't even remember right now. I'm sure someone could tell tell us, but I can't tell you that. It's okay. Right it's, now. A, it's uh a few thousand. Yeah, and uh, it's a nice size stadium. But you know, we know with it, we funnel uh through some narrow openings to get to those seats. Once yep. you're at your seat, you can 
put six feet between you and the next group. But um, how do you social distance? How do you do all that? Right. And then what are the maximum capacities and 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 what percentage do we apply to that capacity? And how many can we have in total are still questions that we need to see what it looks like at, at game time and what our city tells us uh, will be allowed. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's one of the things having to do with uh, high school football, high school sports. Then there are the indoor sports. It's uh, you know for the ladies is the first sport that it's. I'm not if I have this wrong, maybe it go from there. Is is volleyball a spring sport or is that a fall sport? No, they'll do that in the fall. So that's uh, you know is an indoor sport, and while quote unquote they're not, uh, you know it's not quite like a football, but yeah they can run into the same thing. Do oh a sure, number of if you've things. got two going up at the net, or yes. you're diving for a ball, sure. Yeah, and so the the process here is that just going through and thinking through the entire process is that uh, is that when you look at uh, the you know, the the crowd that goes into that type of game and how to handle that. I think indoors is a lot more problematic than being outdoors. Mm -hmm. They do say that there's some advantage to being outside in the sunshine and the fresh air. And uh, and so the, the process there that, uh, you know, that we go through and, you know, people want, you know, people are hungry for sports. They're mm -hmm. hungry to be a part of that. And even sports that may not fill up a stadium, you know, there's a real temptation that they'll all fill up because everyone wants to see it. Well, I think we're all hungry for normalcy. Yes. And when you can get back to some of those traditions, it's comforting. Yeah. And I, I think that's, uh, and I think uh, it's Dr. Melinda Moss, by the way. It's News Talk KCRG 102.9, 105.9 AM 1310. We're talking about the reopening of schools and getting things going on. Now, uh, with the process and this is how long it's been since I've been in a classroom. Do kids have books anymore? Sure, kids have books, not probably to the extent you're thinking of, but we have a lot of of our textbooks that are downloadable and on their Chromebooks, but we do still have books as well. So the the process here is that, uh, you know, when I went to school, a lot of people went off to the library and they touched mm -hmm. lots of different books. Yes. Uh, how does this change? Well, we've talked about perhaps getting classroom sets of books and rotating those out from time to time and, and a certain number of books available to each classroom, uh, particularly when you're thinking about the elementary school level for that. Yes. And then how we rotate through that circulation desk at the library and, and look through all of that is could look different. Yeah, it's I, I went to, I grew up going to a private school and we would go off to the library uh, you know, quote unquote, to work. Mm -hmm. And we would just, uh, you know, you know, we just pick up books just to read, just uh, escape class. And uh, and so, uh, you know, but the prospect here is that, uh, you know, you're studying to do write a paper, you're doing this, you need references, you need these mm -hmm. things. And a lot of these references that are available online, as marvelous as that tool is, it's not necessarily as good as actually picking up a book. Right. We do, one of the things that we teach our students is what is a citable resource, particularly for research. Yes. And then what is just kind of what you might Google and it's not vetted through the entire research process. So being uh, astute consumers of information on the Internet is very important. And uh, a lot of that citable work, thankfully, is on 
the internet now. You just have to go to special sites to get to it. Yeah, go to special sites, get all the special information, and also, uh, you know, and there's a, a lot of different websites like academia.edu, but again, anybody can upload to that. It's, right. uh, and so uh, the information may be good and, uh, well, maybe it may not be. Right, and teaching that discernment and being critical consumers of what we read on the internet is very important. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the key thing that I think that, uh, that, that people go through. Um, I think the other question I have that, uh, is, you know, is going through and, uh, dealing with, um, you know, just the normal growing up sort of things that the kiddos have, you know, it's, uh, especially when you get to that junior high, sometimes in elementary and high school, where all of a sudden, you know, somebody across the room has a crush on somebody. And uh, and how romance is handled in the school, uh, it, you know, it, you know, I know that the, s- the teachers generally in the past not didn't get involved with that all that much. Usually mm-hmm. now the, the temptation is going to be there to, to get involved, to make sure that, you know, that someone's going on from there. Yes. Well, we have traffic patterns that we're going to lay out in the hallways. And like, as I said before, <laughs> we're going to have uh, a lot of seating charts and, um, you know, it's it's sad when you think about having to dictate so much that just happens naturally in a school and uh, the socialization factor, particularly for our secondary students is huge uh, because we know that students need a social hook. Yes. Particularly once they get in high school, you know, a reason to come to school beyond academics. We would like to think they're coming strictly for the joy of mathematics and language arts, but uh, being realistic, it is those extracurricular activities. No, it's associating and with it's people, the, building up your social group, yes. your uh, your type of thing that uh, goes on from there. So it's uh, it's uh, it's all good. So that's a really important thing. All right, we're going to be talking one more segment with Dr. Melinda Moss. Been so kind to be with us this morning as we talk about getting our kiddos back to school and some of the stuff that uh, we can all do. And we're going to start talking about you know, making sure uh, hygiene at home and hygiene going in just to keep everybody in place. So we'll talk about that right after this on News Talk KZRG. This is where the four states gets its information, news, weather, sports, total information, fun. This is the KZRG Morning News Watch. News Talk KZRG. Depend on it. KZRG. It's the KZRG Morning News Watch. I'm Peter Thiel. Dr. Melinda Moss is with us right here on 102.9, 105.9 AM 1310. We're talking about uh, returning the kids to school. Uh, Joplin City Schools return on August 24th. Um, and I think one of the things that also goes in is hygiene when we're dealing with our kids going to school because this is going to change a lot more. There's going to be a lot more concern of making sure that kids are showing up in clean clothes, that they, you know, that they, uh, that they go through. What are some of the hygiene things that we should be looking at as parents uh, to make sure the kids are ready to go to school? Well, I think you you hit on it initially. It's just making sure that that we're paying more attention to cleanliness than we ever have in the past, and we're going to be providing at least two reusable face masks to our students one is more of a gator style yep that is through a partnership uh, scott Voorhees contacted us and they're going to supply 
uh, a set for every student and every um, employee in nice. the district. And it's going to have some Joplin-type logo, and everybody will look the same. And so it's a gator style that you can pull up. And then we'll also be supplying through the district at least one reusable mask that's more the traditional ear loop yeah. type mask. And it's going to be very important that our parents wash those regularly and I know, you know, little kids can sneeze into those things, and things can happen really quick God, to soil those. Kids. Adults can sneeze into those Right, <laughs> and, you know, bring that Ziploc and put that mask in there and have a backup in the backpack if one gets soiled during the day, and be sure that those are washed. Uh, the other thing is start teaching your student now the importance of hand washing and that you really need to be using that soap under the water for at least 20 seconds is yes. what they're telling us so for our littles we're saying you know sing a stanza of happy birthday yeah or some other little tune and that kind of gives them the idea of how long does it take before you know you're getting that virus off your hands and then to know that they're going to have to wash their hands several times a day and that we will have scheduled breaks just to wash hands and things such as that yeah, I, I think that's uh, I, I think that's really important. So it's all of a sudden in class uh, the hand washing breaks. So is that uh, is how many times a day do you have that scheduled in? Oh my, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I know it talks about it in our reentry plan, but things such as when you arrive at school, everybody's going to wash their hands. And most of our classrooms at the elementary level, they have those. Uh, sinks in the class in the class which is not great. every one of them but we've talked about also bringing some remote hand washing stations in to help in our older buildings and then uh you know before we have lunch and after we have lunch and if we go out to recess and and all of those times we're also uh getting a donation of water bottles uh refillable water bottles from missouri american water they were kind enough to do that for us during summer school and those worked quite well and we have the water bottle refilling stations then that the students, because we're not going to be getting drinks off the spigots on the water fountains. Those yes. will be closed down. And then I would ask parents at the end of the day, wash that student's water bottle. And they don't do well in the dishwasher. Uh, we found it's that be hand we found that out the hard way uh, <laughs> and they'll melt over time so we would ask parents to um, wash their students water bottle as well yeah I think the other uh, the the process there about uh, the face mask thing is that uh, you know and a lot of us have had been wearing face masks you know for a long time but you know with the cloth face mask my standard rule is this I wear it once and then I wash it, and I have several that I go through. So I, I, yeah. you know, I have a five day rotation, mm -hmm. and the the process is with it. You really don't want to throw them in the dryer. You want to hang them out, and uh, you know, it just takes a little bit of uh, it takes a little bit of extra time. But it's not, you know, really for safety. Uh, you know, is how important that is that's going through. Um, it's, uh, as you go in, you're looking at, uh, uh, looking at the school year and looking at, uh, uh, you know, how things will change during it. Um, you know, and again, we don't know what will happen. There's all sorts of things that can go right and can go wrong. Right. And, uh, it's, uh, and, 
you know, I, I look at the the process here as, and again, I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac, just being fair. Um, I just look at the process of, uh, you know, that having something thrown at us that we're not ready for. And as well as you've planned and everyone's planned at the state and federal level, we all know that something can happen that can change the game. Absolutely. And, you know, what type of contingency plans do you guys have? Okay, all of a sudden there's a third of the class that has that's tested positive. Well, um, you're right. There's a contingency plan A, B, C, D, and on (laughs) down the line. And and we know that plans are good until... uh, you know, stuff starts happening, but, yes. but I always like that quote, failure to plan is planning to fail. So regardless yes. uh, of how much it may change, we still need to pl- have plans. Uh, so I think what you're describing is what if a whole classroom has to quarantine? So yes. uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we would have to close the whole building, particularly at the elementary level, because if it's one isolated classroom, we're going to need to still have school. And that's where pivoting to that remote learning. And if the teacher is quarantined, but she's not sick or he's not sick, then can they Zoom with their class? Can they still be deploying those assignments? Can they still be doing things for the week or two that it takes before they can start coming back to school? Yeah. And if the teacher is quarantined and we get a sub for that classroom, and the teachers zooming in and still teaching remote. Uh, we've talked about those contingencies. We we would love to have a crystal ball to be able to tell you an exact percentage before the whole building would shut down. Yes. Uh, but that looks different at every grade level and every campus because we have elementaries with fewer than 200 kids. And then we have some elementaries with, say, 600 kids. So, um, you know, that looks different. And then at the secondary level, they're changing classes seven times a day. So uh, you that's know. where I think that that's where I get worried is about the kids going from classroom to classroom. Yes. And that's why we're doing alphabetical seating charts so that yeah. we can at least somehow keep as few direct contacts per period as possible. If and not now if, they, but now, when and, we have now when the kid case. goes on to the next class, do they still remain in alphabetical order? Do they go in and come out in alphabetical order? Well, yes, they they're going to be in alphabetical order: first period, second period, third period. So if so I'm forth. going to if I'm going to math, uh, you know, from English, and uh, and you know somebody had somebody the person in front of me and the person behind me are both going to the same class, we walk in that order. There's no messing around with that. Yeah, we're hoping to keep our hallways one way, you know, on this side of the road. You're going this way. Six feet you know? apart. Yes, as much as possible. And Man, uh, that, that student hall monitor, tough. man, they're going to have some power. Yes, and that's another thing I would encourage parents. You know, we've talked about encouraging our parents to practice hygiene and make sure that their kids know about that, but also... To start talking to your student now about the importance of these safety protocols and and be a partner with the district to uh, make sure that we're doing these things so that we can continue to have school and so that we don't have to shut down because nobody wants to go back to what we did this spring when there was a statewide shutdown of all of our schools and, and it's not good for kids. 
It's not good for kids, and it's, it's not, not good, good for, anybody. for families. Yeah, it's not good for anyone. Right. It, it's because our our future are those kids in those seats, and as they learn things and go through, we want them to have a great education. Dr. Melinda Moss, thank you so much for being on. You're welcome. And please keep us up to date. You'll always, you have an open seat always to be on the News Talk AZRG Morning News Watch. Well, thank you very much. Again, thanks for listening, everybody. You have a great day. Brian Kilmeade follows the news.